the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. I want you to be finding with me now the third chapter of the book of Proverbs. In just a few moments, I want us to read and study together Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You'll find the book of Proverbs right after the book of Psalms. And this morning I want us to examine Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. These are familiar verses of Scripture. Many of you will recognize these verses. We've read these verses in the past, but I want us to go back now and reread it and see what God says. You'll always find something fresh in the Word of God. And these verses are two of the most well-known verses in the book of Proverbs. These verses are two of the most well-known verses in all the Word of God. Now, you students of Scripture know that the book of Proverbs is the Bible's book of wisdom. If you want to be wise, read the book of Proverbs. Proverbs are nuggets of wisdom. Proverbs are succinct sayings. But I got to thinking about Proverbs that we have in our culture today. We have Proverbs even in our vocabulary. Did you know that you say Proverbs every day and you don't even realize that you do? In fact, your parents taught you Proverbs. And their parents taught them. And now you teach these same Proverbs to your own children. Can I remind you of some of these Proverbs? See how many of these that you've heard. Two wrongs don't make a right. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Better late than never. Birds of a feather flock together. The early bird gets the worm. Beggars can't be choosers. Actions speak louder than words. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you can't beat them, join them. Practice makes perfect. Honesty is the best policy. I could go on like that all day long. How many of you knew every one of those Proverbs? Most of you. I've been hearing those Proverbs all of my life, and you have too. It's what we call a proverb. It's not long and drawn out, but it is short and to the point. The Lord Jesus ministered on this earth three and a half years. And from his earthly ministry, still today, we have many proverbs. We say things like this, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, a house divided cannot stand, the blind leading the blind, casting your pearls before swine, by their fruits ye shall know them. We say that today because Jesus said it some 2,000 years ago. Brother Phil, we call that a proverb. It is a short, simple statement 
that conveys and communicates a profound principle. In the Old Testament, there is an entire book written and it is called Proverbs. Many of these Proverbs were written by Solomon who was the wisest man. And Solomon writes Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6. So now let's go back and notice these verses. You're going to recognize these words. A few weeks ago in our graduation service, I read these two verses to our graduating seniors. So now notice with me the word of God. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6. The word of God says, Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Let's read it again. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I want to preach for just a little while. If God would help me on this subject, the declaration of dependence. The declaration of dependence. In Proverbs chapter 3, Brother Jimmy, I believe we find just that, a declaration of dependence. Um, Proverbs chapter 3 declares our dependence upon Almighty God. You say, preacher, where is it? It's found in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then it's found in verse number 6. In all your ways... Acknowledge Him. I want to talk to you today about the declaration of dependence. Now you say, wait a minute preacher. Don't get ahead of yourself. You're a little bit confused. You you got mixed up and you messed up on your sermon title. You said that you're going to preach about the declaration of dependence and surely you must have meant the declaration of independence because today is July the 3rd and tomorrow of course is July the 4th and it is happy birthday to the United States of America Brother Scott you said it 240 years old and tomorrow is red white and blue day I've got mine on today And tomorrow everyone will be feeling very patriotic. And we will probably sing God Bless America and the Star Spangled Banner. And there's going to be fireworks and and celebration and picnics and, and cookouts. And most of you will remember from the history class that a man named Thomas Jefferson wrote a document during the Second Continental Congress. And it was signed on July the 4th, 1776, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And for the most part, that document stated 
that the 13 original American colonies were declaring their independence from Great Britain. And you remember what that document looks like, my joy. Up at the top, John Hancock signed his name real big. Now, I can't read any of that, and you can't either. But we call it the Declaration of Independence. But hear me today, dearly beloved, I don't want to talk to you about the Declaration of Independence, but rather, I want to talk to you about the Declaration of Dependence. Listen to this statement. Behind the Declaration of Independence is the Declaration of Dependence. Those founding fathers said, We believe God. Our faith is in God. And we want to worship God without government interference. And they said, we want to be a free nation. We want religious freedom and we want religious liberty. In fact, one year before the Declaration of Independence was written, a man named Patrick Henry said it this way, give me liberty or give me death. I want to say it again. That's what Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise, those founding fathers built this country on God and His Word. We are established on biblical precepts and the truths of Holy Scripture. And those founding fathers basically said it this way, God, we declare unto you our dependence. We depend on you. God, if you don't do it, it'll never get done. So I want to preach today on that subject. The declaration of dependence. We find it in Proverbs chapter 3. Solomon declares his dependence on God. It's found in verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then, Brother Sammy, it's found in verse number 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. The declaration of dependence. Say that with me. The declaration of dependence. We are depending upon God. And real quickly, I want to make three observations from these verses of Scripture. I want to give you three D words. Time out. One of those little kids the other day came up to me and said, Preacher, how come all your preaching points always start with the same letter? I said, well, because it helps me to remember. He said, you've only got three. He said, how come you don't ever have any more? I said, because three is about as high as I can count. (laughs) Aren't you glad I can't count any higher than three? But I want to give you three D words. If you want to be fancy, that's called alliteration. And that's just kind of the way my mind works. I just like that organization and I like that structure. You say, preacher, I don't like that. Sorry, because that's the way I'm going to keep doing it. The declaration of 
of dependence. Number one, here's the, our first word, depend. Depend. That's what we're talking about today. The declaration of dependence. Our dependence upon God. Lord, we depend on you and you alone. Depend. If God doesn't do it, it'll just never get done. Go back and notice verse number five. Trust in the Lord. Did you see it? Trust in the Lord. This is the same God who revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. You remember Moses says, God, who are you? And what is your name? And God said, I am that I am. And now in verse number five, Solomon says, I'm trusting in that same I am Lord God. I'm trusting in Yahweh God. I'm trusting in Jehovah God. I'm trusting in the God who parted the waters of the Red Sea. I'm trusting in an eternal God, the God who's always been and the God who will always be. Trust in the Lord. Depend on God. Can I say it this way, Brother Dole McTire? If you're going to trust God, make sure you have the right God because there's just one. We all love the Ten Commandments and contrary to popular belief, the Ten Commandments are still in effect. They may try to remove it from the courthouse They may try to remove it from the municipal buildings, but you can't remove it from the Word of God. The Ten Commandments are not obsolete. The Ten Commandments are absolute. And it's not the Ten Suggestions or the Ten Options. It is the Ten Commandments. Now, I said all of that to say this. The very first commandment in the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3 says this. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Did you know that God is a jealous God? And God don't want you fooling around with other gods. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So if you're going to trust God, make sure you have the right God because there's just one. Solomon said, trust in the Lord. Trust the Lord. Can I say this? If your faith is in politicians, you're in trouble. If your faith is in Washington, D.C., you're in trouble If your faith is in government, you're in trouble. If your faith is in Democrats or Republicans, you're in trouble. If your faith is in people, you're in trouble. If your faith is in this pastor, you're in trouble. If your faith is in the church, you're you're in trouble. But if you'll put your trust and your faith in God and God alone, you're going to make it. God said, we're going to make it. We have his word on it. Trust in the Lord. Depend on him. Now you may have to go through stuff. You may have to go through heartache. 
You may have to go through pain, but you're going to make it when you depend on God and trust in God. Job said it this way. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Solomon said, trust in the Lord. Depend on him. The word trust there, I looked it up. And Brother Roy, this is what it said. To be confident. I'm not confident in me. Sorry, I'm not even confident in you. I'm not confident in me or you, but I'm confident in him. I want to depend on him. I want to trust in him. Has there ever been a time in your life and you had some situation where all you could do was just depend on God? All you could do was just trust God. All the friends and family members forsook you and walked away, but the Bible says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. Everybody else said there's no hope. Everybody else, it seemed, was against you. But the Bible says if God be for you, who can be against you? And no weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. It seems like the brothers were nowhere to be found. But the Bible says that he'll stick closer than a brother. It seemed like everybody else said we've gone as far as we can go. But I want to say, friend, Jesus said, I'll go with you even to the end of this world. Has there ever been a time in your life where you said, God, I guess all I can do now is just trust you? It's what you should have done at the beginning. Trust is not the last resort. It's the first resort. Can I just testify, if you'll notice, I don't talk much about me when I preach. But here goes. Sometimes in ministry, there are those situations and it's just too big for me. It's beyond me. I don't even know where to begin to start. It's more than I can handle. It's more than I can bear. I don't even ask anybody about it because it's more than they can do too. So this is what I say, Brother Ray. God, this time, it's all you. If it's going to get done, you're going to have to do it. So all I know to do is just throw up my hands and trust you by faith and just depend on you and you alone. Right now, God, I am declaring my my dependence upon you. It is a declaration of dependence. And you know what, Sister Evelyn? This is amazing. Every time that I fully rely on God and trust Him and depend on Him somehow, some way. Can't understand it. Don't know how He does it. But God comes through every single time and He always responds and He always pulls me through in the clutch and He always does exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. I want to say, friend, sometimes you just need to trust God. And depend on God. You say this marriage situation, it's more than I can handle. Why don't you just depend on God? 
I've got an addiction problem, preacher. I take pills and I've got, I've got a fixation on this substance and I've tried to stop, but I can't. Why don't you just depend on God? I've got an issue, preacher, financial, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Why don't you just depend on God? Why don't you just trust God? That's what Solomon says. Trust in the Lord. Has there ever been a time when all you could do was just trust Him? I looked up that word, trust, and a secondary definition said this, to lie down on. You know what? When you go to bed at night, you lie down on your bed, you stretch out on your bed, you put your full weight on that bed. Psalm 23 verse 2, David said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And Brother Harry, watch this. When you depend on God and trust in God, watch this, you rest in Him. You put the full weight of your faith on Him. You cast it all on him. That's what it means to trust. Trust in the Lord. Depend on him. And then notice in verse number five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of your heart. Not part of your heart. Not most of your heart. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust is not half-hearted, it is whole-hearted. Hey, God deserves nothing less than all of our trust. Someone said it this way, either you trust God completely and entirely or not at all. It's been said many times, He's either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. Just going to trust him. Can you imagine saying this to God? God, I'm going to trust you a little bit. God, I'm going to partially trust you. God, I'm going to trust you sometimes, but not all of the time. No, the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart. Can I do a timeout right here? That same crowd that's trying to remove the Ten Commandments is the same crowd that's trying to remove in God we trust. They want to take it off of our coins. They want to take it off of our currency. But you know what I say to that crowd? In God we trust. We depend on Him and Him alone. God, if it's ever going to be done, you're going to have to be the one that does it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let me just meddle right here for just a moment. In a marriage, if you don't have trust, there's really not a lot of relationship there. You've got to be able to trust. And so it is with God. If you can't trust God, then there's really not a relationship there. Not much of a relationship because the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Number one, depend. But then secondly, number two, I want to say this, deny. Deny. Boy, y'all sure are quiet today. Number one, depend. Number two, 
deny. Now the world don't like this message, but the Bible says over and over and over again to deny yourself, to crucify yourself, to deprive yourself, to, to die to self. I've not been to a Krispy Kreme donut restaurant one time since they opened it in Rome. I've made it a point to say I've never been to that place but to make my wife go. <laughs> and she brought a big old box home last night. Hot now. I'm having trouble denying myself. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said, If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Hey, watch this. Dependence in the Savior is really denying self. Can I show you that? Look at verse number five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. But can that word lean there means to support. Don't support yourself by what you think you know. I don't have it all figured out and you don't have it all figured out either. Hey, we're not to do what comes naturally we are to do what comes supernaturally. Can, can I give you my translation of verse number five? If you're depending on self, you're not depending on God. But if you're depending on God, then you're not depending on self. Brother Felton Brown, why would I want to trust in me when I can trust in God? Why would you want to trust in you when you can trust in God? John 3.30 He must increase but I must decrease. Less of me and more of Him. So when you trust in self that's independence. When you trust in God that's dependence. So today, Brother Jimmy, I'm not declaring my independence. I'm declaring my dependence. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Can I say it this way? Don't follow your own path. Don't make your own way. Boy, here's a sobering verse. Proverbs 14 and verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. A few years ago, true story, there was a group of teenagers that had left the high school basketball game. They left at halftime. And what they did not know, there was a torrential rainstorm and floodwaters had washed out the bridge over the river. And they were traveling down that dark road. No one knew about the floods. No one knew about the bridge being washed away. There were no detour signs that said go back. There was no rescue team. 
There were no flashing lights warning them of the impending danger ahead. And they continued on that path and they thought they were going the right way. Tragically, that car went off of that road and plunged into that raging river and every one of those teenagers drowned. They died. The Bible says there is a way which seems right to a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. I was talking to a practicing atheist one time. Boy, you'll, 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 you'll really get in a mess trying to debate a practicing atheist. And this is what he said to me. I don't want to hear all your Bible verses, preacher. I like you as a person, but don't start preaching to me. This is what he said. I'm just going to take my chances at judgment day. I'll just kind of wait and see how it turns out. I'll just wait and see how it all comes out in the wash. I'm content to meet God that way. Well, I want to say, friend, you may be here today and you say, preacher, I'm going to go my own way and do my own thing. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we depend on him. Number one, depend. Number two, deny. And then lastly, number three, direct. Direct. God, we need your hand. God, we need your guidance. God, we need your direction. Look at verse number six and we'll be done. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. There's that word again, acknowledge. To acknowledge means to depend on God. To trust in God, to look to God, to turn to God, to recognize God. And then there's that word all again, Brother Phil Bray. In verse 5 he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And now in verse number 6 he says, in all your ways acknowledge him. Not some of your ways, not most of your ways, but in all your ways, Lord, we're just going to trust you with anything and, and everything, Lord. In every part of our lives, we're going to look to you for direction. It all belongs to you. Somebody said, Preacher, do you think we ought to take even the little stuff to God? I want to say, friend, nothing's too big for him and nothing's too small for him. We need him to direct us. And then verse 6 is conditional. He says, He will direct our paths. Brother Abner, when's He going to direct our paths? When we trust Him with all of our heart? And when we acknowledge Him in all of our ways? God, go before us. Lord, order our steps. God, clear the way. I close with this. Back in the 19th century, there was a famous acrobat named Charles Blondin. And Charles Blondin was world-renowned for being the man who could walk a tightrope. 
Now, could you imagine walking a tightrope about one inch wide? And and that tightrope was over 1,000 feet long. And Charles Blondin said he was going to mount a tightrope 150 feet above Niagara Falls and he was going to walk it. And he did. Charles Blondin walked that tightrope over Niagara Falls several times. And then he said, I'm going to do something even more drastic. I'm going to walk the tightrope on stilts. And he did. Can you imagine? And then he said, I'm going to do something even more drastic. I'm going to walk the tightrope blindfolded. And he did. And then he said, I'm going to do something even more drastic. I'm going to walk the tightrope across Niagara Falls pushing a wheelbarrow. And he did. Well, the crowd ooed and awed and cheered and clapped their hands. There was even a royal party from Great Britain that had made the trip just to watch Charles Blondin walk the tightrope. After Charles Blondin walked across that tightrope, pushing a wheelbarrow, he went to that royal party and spoke to the Duke of Newcastle, and this is what he said. Sir, do you believe that I could push a man in the wheelbarrow across the tightrope? And the Duke of Newcastle said, Sure, I believe that. And Charles Blondin said, well, hop in. And I'll push you and the wheelbarrow across the tightrope. And you know what? The Duke of Newcastle would not do it. He believed, but he would not trust. He believed, but he would not trust with all of his heart and acknowledge in all of his ways. Well, Charles Blondin then went to the large crowd that was gathered, the same ones that had been hooping and hollering and clapping and cheering, and he said this to every person in that crowd, is there anyone here that will get inside the wheelbarrow and let me push them across the tightrope. And not one person responded. They believed, but they wouldn't trust. And then finally, a little old lady came from the back of that crowd and with a feeble voice she said, I'll get inside the wheelbarrow and let you push me across the tightrope. And it was Charles Blondin's own mother. She said, son, I believe you, and I'm going to trust you. And Charles Blondin pushed his little old feeble mother in a wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Well, the picture is clear. God is not looking for a big old crowd who may or may not believe. 
He's just looking for somebody that'll trust him with all of their heart and acknowledge him in all of their ways. The United States of America needs to make a declaration of dependence. And Victory Baptist Church in Rockmart, Georgia needs to make a declaration of dependence. In fact, this chubby, loudmouth preacher that's talking right now, I need to declare my dependence on God and trust Him with all of my heart and with all of my weight. In fact, every person here today, you and you and you and you, need to make that declaration of dependence. Not just I believe, Lord, but God, I'm going to trust you with my life. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. Lord, everybody here, for the most part, has heard Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. God, we need you to direct us. But if I follow those verses just right, God, if we're going to ask for your direction, we're going to have to deny self, and we're going to have to totally and completely and fully depend on you. So God, right now, forgive us when we say we believe but then we don't trust. God, help us to trust. God, help us to depend on you. God, help us to lean on you and you alone. There may be somebody here today and they're going through something and I don't know about it. In fact, nobody else knows about it, but God, it's about to kill that person. And God, they're just about ready to throw up, throw up their hands and just throw in the towel and just walk away and say, I'm done and I quit. I pray that whoever that person is, in fact, I believe it could be several. In fact, I believe it could be many. There's a lot of people in that situation today. I pray that they would just not believe. But right now today, they would say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. All I know to do is just totally give this to you. I've worried myself sick and it's just made it worse. So right now today, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to, I'm going to cast it on you and I'm just going to walk away and I'm just going to let you handle it and I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with my life. God, I want to depend on you. And then there may be somebody here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord. Now that is first base. And if you've never touched first base, you're going to be called out. If you've never been saved, if you've never been born again, I really believe the best word today is trust. Why don't you just trust God with your life? Now God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus died on a cross 
even though he had never committed a sin, he died for all of yours and all of mine and all the sins of the whole wide world. The Bible says he was nailed to a tree. He was dying for your sins. And he bled to wash away your sins and clean you up and make you white as snow and to give you a new start and a fresh beginning. Oh, how wonderful. But Jesus did not stay dead. Hallelujah. He rose from the dead. Today he is alive and well. He is in heaven at the throne of God and real soon he's coming again and you need to be ready. Now, if you've never trusted Christ, why don't you do that just now? Jesus, I trust you with my life. I trust you with everything that I have. I'm going to trust you with my heart. Now, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Come into my life and save me. Why don't you just pray that right there where you sit? wherever you are, Jesus, I want to trust you. Not just simply believe about you. Not just kind of have a head knowledge and not just kind of nod with the preacher, but I really want to trust you with my heart. I want to really believe by faith. Now, why don't you do that right now? Why don't you just simply say, Jesus, save me. Come into my life. And trust Him. Trust Him right now. Lord, we thank You for trust. And God, You've taught me something in this little lesson. A lot of people say, yeah, we believe whatever. But God, You want us to trust. So Lord, help us to be a trusting people. In just a moment, we're going to stand up. Brother Scott's going to lead us in an invitation hymn. And you can pray right there where you sit. It's a good place to pray. To, to pray, but I tell you what, it's even better, it seems, when you will actually physically leave your seat and find your place in an altar. Boy, it's a good place to be, is get in that altar. There's something about it. God, I'm just, I'm just trusting you. I just give you all this stuff. I'm just going to trust you in this matter. Why don't you give it to God? There may be somebody here today that wants to come and say, Preacher, I, I asked Jesus to save me today. I asked Jesus to save me a few weeks ago, but I've not told anybody, and I want to come and give my public profession of faith. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to tell the whole world that I am a child of God. There may be somebody here today that wants to come for baptism. We're going to be baptizing next Sunday morning. You've been saved, but for whatever reason, you've not yet followed the Lord in believer's baptism. We'll take care of that. And then there might be a precious family a husband and a wife, children, and they want to come today and unite and join Victory Baptist Church. We'd love to have you. In fact, we had about seven or eight last week that did that, and we'd love to have even more today. Whatever, whatever, whatever God bids you to do today, why don't you trust Him? Why don't you just trust Him? Thank you, Lord, for this good lesson. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Why